Welcome to the 209th episode of Talley Talk. This is Chris. And I am Ruben. Everyone, Ruben Romero is back on Talley Talk as a co-host, and I'm very excited to have him here today. Casey's got the day off, so Ruben's going to geek out, and also we're going to talk a little bit about Unfairy, huh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Fully funded in fairy. That's what I read this morning. I I was like, awesome. Coming on the show, fully funded. Maybe you can talk about a stretch goal. Maybe. Hmm? Maybe. Yeah. Um I mean, me and Casey were we're 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 gonna sit down and talk about stretch goals actually, but um, you know, maybe another maybe another card, maybe another little card, or 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 maybe if we get to a certain point, maybe everybody gets the hollow foil cover. Um I don't know. Either or, I think would be cool, uh, but we'll definitely come up with something. But yeah, we've got nine days to go. 111 backers. We're 100 funded. A little over 60 dollars over our goal right now. Um, so still plenty of time to jump on. Um, that stretch goal should probably be right around five or six k, uh, just to make sure that you know we can cover the cost for for whatever it is that we're doing and to get it to everybody. Um, but yeah, I mean we've we're having a lot of fun. Plus. You know, the book comes out next year in March in comic book stores. So that's that's pretty awesome. Amazing. It's amazing what you guys are doing, especially your your big deal with it's behemoth, right? So, it is behemoth. Very exciting. Can't wait to actually buy a Ruben Romero comic at a comic book shop. It's, it's like I know this guy. It's, I know it's this amazing. Guy. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I'm so proud of you guys. It's proud of you. Keep on rocking. Keep on writing. So Thanks, let bro. me ask you. I know you're very busy writing all the time, but do you ever take any time to yourself a little geeking out what have you been doing lately just reading a bunch of comics dude i must have read like i don't know like 20 20 30 comics yesterday uh, wednesday and thursday are my days off so they're like kind of like my, my my friday and saturday uh or saturday and sunday excuse me um so i just I, I read a ton of comics man like that's what i do um you know whenever there's a video game that i like i'll be you know i'll probably play that binge out on that for a few hours till i beat it you know i'm a story guy and then then I'm out. But nine times out of ten, I'm reading comics. I'm I'm constantly doing homework, and I do it too. You know, also because I enjoy it. I love it. Yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. That's good. Yeah, me. I just you know I've been watching a lot of TV lately. I just kind of fall into these binge these bingings, uh, especially with Star Trek as of late. I I've been watching both Next Generation and Deep Space Nine over a couple years now, and so I'll go here and there and just pick it up and. And enjoy because I watched a lot of it when I was a kid, and you know right. you miss a lot when it's on or when it's on TV. So it's just it's nice to go back as an adult and watch these shows because they were definitely aimed more at adults uh, right. in those in this regard. So it's it's a different understanding. Uh, but I've also been watching Avatar, <clears throat> the last Airbender because I never watched that. So my wife and I have been really digging that into season two now. And you know with the live action show coming and and whatnot, I'm. I'm finally getting that show under my belt so very very excited <laughs> some some past some past shows to geek out to and uh well enjoying everything else well october is about to come in here and it's horror movie and tv show month so that'll be dominating my screen <laughs> so. same same i've got plans to take my girl through all the old movies evil dead nice. you know cabin in the woods uh she hasn't seen a lot of these a lot of these classic horror movies so <clears throat> I definitely want to uh, definitely want to get her uh, get those under her belt, so to speak, as well. It's perfect time to do it. Perfect time. So let's uh, let's jump into the news, uh, starting with Marvel. Shang Chi, <laughs> highest grossing movie of 2021. I don't even know what the number. I think it was like 
600 million worldwide. I don't quote me on that, but it's huge, huge. Uh, because yes, last year was the beginning of the pandemic. We're still in the pandemic. The last movie I saw in theaters was Shang-Chi. And now I don't want to go back to at least the theater I saw it. It's tough because we're going to fall. A lot of cool movies are coming out. So how do you feel about this theater experience? Because the next the next topic here kind of ties into that as well. Luckily, uh, the theater across the street from my house has a reserve seating. So <clears throat> I'm able to, if, I, if I'm going with, with my friends, I know they're sitting on either side of me. We usually sit in the last row with nobody behind us. Uh, Shang-Chi was, was a pleasurable experience, man. You know, the, the theater wasn't packed. It was a little warm, but uh, but I think you know they 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 they're, they're struggling. They can't pay all the bills, so they they're keeping they're keeping the air right at seventy eight. You know, um, but other than that, you know, I didn't have any snacks, so I, I can't I can't talk to the freshness of the popcorn or the crispness <laughs> of the pop. Um, but but uh, but I, everything looked good. You know, from from you know from me walking by the. The the, the 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 concession stand uh but yeah I, I enjoyed the experience um marvel makes it difficult man because look okay first and foremost let me just say i'm already a homebody okay like i don't i do love going to the movie theater don't get me wrong i i love the idea of sharing a, a shared experience with a bunch of strangers and enjoying it one of my favorite memories uh of, of movies is jurassic park you know, going to the theater and watching that for the first time and kind of like looking around when the Brachiosaurus goes up on his hind legs and just looking at everybody's faces and everybody's mouths were just like gaping, you know, like, you know, fast forward to Avengers and Cap picking up, the, you know, the hammer, all of that. And my whole theater going crazy. You know, I love that. But at the same time, I've gone to movies where I want to pay attention and listen and have had people ruin that experience. Um, so I've always been the type of person where in the back of my mind, I've always wanted the option of saying, hey, I'll pay 20 bucks, $30 if I can watch the movie that's in the movie theater at home, you know, and if I buy it, I get it for the theatrical run and it goes away after it's out of the theaters, just like I would, you know, I'm OK with that. Um, I've always been OK with that. So that's why when Disney, the uh, premiere that premiere access pass everybody was complaining about it but i was like i'm cool with it i'm good like i'm happy to do it i did it for the jungle cruise uh, i did it for cruella and again the jungle cruise i enjoyed more than cruella i would have been upset if i walked out of the theater paying for going to the movies for cruella i would have been upset i would have been disappointed i didn't you know i didn't love the movie but jungle cruise i was i was happy with um and uh, black widow same you know uh, i was hoping for shang chi but Hey, I guess they wanted to try that in the theaters. Cool. And uh, it's 360, I think. I, I think I read there. 360 million worldwide. Oh, I must be talking Canadian. Just... Yeah. <laughs> Told you, don't quote me. <laughs> yeah. 360 million worldwide. Um, That's awesome. Which is, which is awesome. Which is awesome. Again, especially right now, considering everybody is, is, is dealing with the pandemic still. Um, this, is, this is a good number. Uh, and it's impressive because... It's a character that nobody knew, right? It's not an Iron Man. It's not a Captain America. It's not a Thor. Um, you know, they could have easily done this as a series and not and not risked as much. And and here, I think this this proves uh, the main actor's point. Um, I don't want to ruin his name. Uh, 
but we'll call him Shang Chi for now because that's who he is, just like uh, just like RDJ was Tony. But yeah, I'm happy. I'm you know I'm gonna go watch the Eternals. I'm gonna <laughs> you're gonna have to drag me out of the theater from Spider Man. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I'm you know I'm there. I'm there as long as the theaters are open. I'm not going to every movie, but at least the movies that are important to me. Absolutely. No, I agree with that. A hundred percent. Even before the pandemic, I was always in the in the camp of let's let's do it on both. Why why with the new technology and if people want to stay home and they have a nice setup, they want to watch a movie there and pay the money. Why would you why would you not want to make that money? HBO Max made questionable decisions in a way, but at the same time, they at least made sure that you know people were paid for their work and things like that. So I. Like you, it's like I'll go to the movie theater for certain things. The one I went to for Shang Chi was was an older theater style, so it's much more compact. People weren't wearing masks when it's mandated in California, so it's just like if I'm not going to go back to this place, but I will go back to the IMAX theater that I saw Suicide Squad in uh, because I want to go see Dune in a couple of weeks, and I'm not watching that on TV for the first time. So there's just you know you got to make that choice because you know where we're at now, it's not exactly a comfortable situation if you're all packed in there and like you said i'm also a homebody and i would much rather yeah. watch some things on a small screen than a big screen with that being said are you gonna go see let there be carnage in theater no i have uh <laughs> have very little interest in let there be carnage to be honest with you um i i wasn't a huge fan of carnage um i thought it was okay uh for me it was it was kind of all over the place a little bit uh but but Still, overall, an enjoyable movie. Not, you know, not not horrible by any stretch of the, of the imagination. Just not, you know, especially with, with the level that we talk about that we you know with, with, with what we're getting. Um, and again, I just feel it's just so weird for me now. Like, you know, at this point, to where the MCU is the MCU, and anybody outside of that trying to do MCU things, it just doesn't. It just doesn't hit for me. Like. You know, with especially with Marvel characters. Uh, so for me, I think it would be better if Carnage and the whole Spider-Man lot were were, were at Marvel and, and Marvel could do those things. Um, I do love Woody Harrelson, though. So the minute that it's yeah. available for like pay-per-view, I'll, I'll watch it on pay-per-view. You know what I'm saying? Or, or I'll do the Blu-ray. But but I probably won't go to the theater. Um, I thought I was going to. But this last trailer, I was just like, I was just like, yeah, I just had didn't convince me. Yeah. Venom was a surprise for me because I had such low expectations. I don't even remember if I saw it in a theater or not. I might have. And I was just like, oh, well, I was ready to hate this movie. And then it was better than I thought it would be. So I was more disappointed in the fact that this movie got a PG-13 rating, even though I know it's to make money. And I hope they give us a director's cut because I like growing up. I mean, I wasn't a Spider-Man fan. I was a Venom fan. I was a Carnage fan. I was a villain fan. And so... Probably because Casey loves Spider-Man so much. And I was just like, you know what? <laughs> no. uh, but I guess it's like I've always wanted Woody Harrelson as Carnage. It's always been like that wizard casting call that was out there. So right. I want this to happen. But like you, I don't think I'd go and pay for it in the theaters at this point with what's going on. And here's the issue that you were just mentioning, because we're going to get into this in a second. Marvel gave up all these characters in the 90s, you know, when they when they almost went bankrupt. And now they're still struggling to get it back. You can't make an incredible Hulk movie, but you can put him in your movies. You can't you can have you have to play nice with Sony for Spider-Man, all of this stuff. And it's just you got to jump through these hoops. And I don't blame the other companies for playing hardball sometimes because, you know, Disney has a lot of money and, and, and can pay for this. But 
why don't they just give up? I mean, so I get it because Spider-Man is the most recognizable superhero in the world. And Sony is damn smart not to give it up. But at the same time, we're going to this, this traitor lawsuit thing. How, how delicate do you think this whole movie making thing is with, with these characters and, and the creators. And we'll get into that because now we have this Marvel creator lawsuit that's going on with like, uh, what is it? Dicko, um, mm-hmm. the Dicko estate and, and more and always more because we've, we read things like, Oh, Ed Rupert, Ed Brubaker says, Marvel didn't pay me anything for for the Winter Soldier when I went to the movies. Like, I didn't, like, no shares in this, but I created this character. You're a creator. I want to know kind of your side of things on this. I I think my opinion is not going to be popular with, like, mainstream culture. You know what I'm saying? In in terms of these guys who've done the work, they probably won't like my opinion. They'll be like, well, you're just a snot-nosed kid who doesn't know anything. But at the end of the day, like, you went into Marvel knowing that it's marvel right like you signed that creator owned contract you knew that whatever you brought to the table is theirs right now do i think it's right that they cut them a five thousand dollar check and send them tickets to the premiere and call it a day for for these things for their characters being used in a movie no i think that that check should be a whole lot larger you know what i'm saying but at the end of the day outside outside of that like you in your contract isn't even you weren't even stipulated that five thousand dollars right so at the end of the day like you have to understand this is a that that, that's a creator-owned business right like that in terms of like marvel owns whatever creation you put down so if they hire me tomorrow to go write miles morales and and i come up with and i come up with a you know a character named you know shadow who is a villain of miles's and they end up using Shadow in a movie, in a Miles movie. Well, that's not my character. Yeah, it's my character that I created, but it's Marvel's. I created it for Marvel. I'm doing that right now with a book that I'm writing. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I won't go into too many details on that, but just because it's still in the works. But that was a conversation we had because he brought a plot to me. And I went and I sat down and created characters and a, and a world and a story around this, this plot. You know, and he was very straight up like, hey, this is created. You know, this is this is work for hire. Like I'm hiring you to 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 add legs to to this table, so to speak. But it's my table. OK, cool. I understand that. Um, I think to your point, though, Disney Marvel has money. Um, they should be compensating these guys. There should be some back end royalties on Blu-ray sales, merchandise sales, anything that uses the character. They should be getting, you know, one, two percent something something they should be getting something they you know they're not wrong uh as far as the estates go you know they paid kirby they're gonna they're gonna they paid the kirby estate they're gonna pay the ditko estate just like dc paid the schuster estate the bill finger estate you know they're gonna pay them it's the right thing to do these things just need to happen this way right because unfortunately i guess can't happen any other way it's got to be through legal precedent so The one that bothers me more than any of those is the Scarlet thing. Yeah. You know, that one that one bothers me more because, you know, that's that's a live action situation where that that foreseeable future should have been mapped out. You know, the the release on streaming should have been in her contract. Hands down. 110%. She's not wrong. You knew that that could that that was going to be a very a very good possibility, and 
you 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 structure your contract for her to make make money only off the box office. That's sneaky shit. That's that's dirtbag shit. You know what I'm saying? Going back and saying, oh, these creators have been treated unfairly when back in the 60s and 70s, they came on and signed these work for hire contracts. Mm -hmm. They didn't know that Iron Man was going to be I am Iron Man. You know what I'm saying? They didn't know Spider-Man was going to be Spider-Man. You know what I'm saying? Nobody knew, not even Stan himself. And by the time they did become all of this, those guys were well past their drawing years and their creating years. And not not to say that they shouldn't be compensated. They should. They, they should, Their families and their estate should be. And they should be credited in every way possible. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, like, we can't just, like, throw rocks at the soulless corporation for doing what a corporation does, mm-hmm. which is protect its assets. Like, I'm sorry. Like, if you were Disney, if you were Marvel, you would protect and you would countersue too so that you can get equal footing and say, okay, what if we give you 100 million, 200 million, 50 million? You know, they want to keep the thing. You want to be compensated. It, there has to be a, a bridge. So, again, you know, I don't like it. I don't think it's fair, but I also don't get really too up in arms about it because I just feel like if you're if you're a creator such as myself and you go into a work for hire thing mm-hmm. and that work for hire thing blows up, I mean, I don't think Brew Breaker's hurting for work right now. No. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm no. saying? Like like everybody wants like, more. Come on, like that that's <laughs> paying that's paying dividends. Okay, maybe not all in one lump sum. But it's coming to you. And I guess that maybe that's just my mentality. Like if tomorrow Netflix said, hey, we're going to give you 50000 for the agency, for the rights to the agency. And they take it and they create, you know, three franchise movies. And those movies make them millions of dollars. Am I going to jump off a bridge or, or run into a courtroom and say they owe me more money? No. At the end of the day, I'm going to be like, I'm going to be like, look, you just make sure that those credits say story created by Ruben Romero. As long as that's there. And you cut me my check, we're good because that one credit and the success of that thing is going to lead to more. I mean, I, I guess I don't know. That's just my mentality. I don't know. But, no, but yes, I, we should all fine. be fairly paid. But we can't. I don't think we can go crying, you know, backwards like, oh, now it's not fair. You were happy cashing the checks they were giving you when you were writing the books and you were selling the books. You didn't. You weren't writing the books thinking that Bucky Barnes was going to be on the movie screen one day. You really didn't. You know what I'm saying? And now that he is, now you want fair compensation. But, hey, look, I get it. I understand it. I'm standing right there with you. But we also have to be fair in thinking, like, there has to be a, uh, uh, the right way to do this. And I think, all in all, with the creators, it should be done behind closed doors. It shouldn't take lawsuits with actors. I think that that stuff, they've learned their lesson with multi-level contracts and things like that, hopefully, with this situation. And hopefully the situation gets resolved because it's not just affecting ScarJo's return to the possible return to the MCU or to any Disney Marvel property ever, but also the Russo brothers. You know what I'm saying? Like the Russo brothers don't like what's going on. So, again, it's like, let's let's figure it out and let's do it the right way so that the fans can continue enjoying what we enjoy because – we're not in those negotiations. We want to see everybody get treated fairly, you know, at the end of the day. Exactly. I don't want I don't want to see all this this great stuff get tainted by squabbling over over something that you're right. I mean, when Disney took over, maybe it would be nice to say, let's sit down with all the, you know, 
either the estates or if the creators are alive still and have this meeting and and really like map out yes we're planning on doing this with your character this is coming up that kind of stuff i would have been more appreciative and then like you mentioned the scarjo thing is just it boggles my mind because tom cruise has been working off profits for so long you know he'll produce a movie he won't take a, a high paycheck he'll just go off the earnings and a lot of people want to do that now you know it's a smart move because that really that really kind of drives you to do better as an actor also kind of just hype things up more and 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 really give it your all to get something like that going so it's you're right these soulless corporations uh, we're seeing more and more anyways across the you know across the board that they you know, it's it's they're making a lot of sad decisions based on we have always known that about corporations, but just based on the individual. So, right. It's a it's a battle that, you know, hopefully will get resolved someday, but probably not. But anyways, right. But your, your whole philosophy is right. I mean, why wouldn't you like if if you sign this contract and then all of a sudden your characters become super popular, you'd be happy with that as well. That's another kind right. of like reward, you know, in, in its own right. Yeah, maybe you're not getting paid a million bucks, but who knows? These characters might get even more popular because it got out to the general public. And now maybe you can renegotiate a contract. Who knows? Yeah, like I want to see the numbers of like Guardians of the Galaxy books after Guardians of the Galaxy hit the movie theater. Oh my gosh, yeah. No, exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I want to see the numbers of Winter Soldier books compared to, you know, what they were selling at and when the movies hit the movie theater, mm -hmm. right? And people started coming out of those theaters. How many people were buying them on Comixology? How many people were trying to catch up on the Winter Soldier and figure out, like, what they could figure out what Marvel was going to do next or just learn more about the character in general? Like, it just, it is what it is. You know what I'm yep. saying? Same thing with The Walking Dead. Any comic book property, it's always going to come back around full circle, I think. You know, obviously, I haven't been in that position, but I would assume so. Media leads to more media. You know what yep. I'm saying? Like, so at the, I, I know my, my own brother, after we walked out of Guardians of the Galaxy, the very next day we went to the comic book store and he bought like whatever trades were available. He fell in love with them. You know what I'm saying? And so it's, again, I, I think everybody should be paid and treated fairly, but I think it's, it's kind of crazy to be like, stand, you know, sit out there and throw rocks when at the end of the day, like you got paid for your work, you did what you were supposed to do. And now people are gonna come back to that character. And you're going to get more dividends off of those books, more royalties off of those books. And yes, would it be nice to get paid a couple million dollars off of the movie? Sure, of course, that's what everybody wants. But again, that that is for us as creators, me going forward, you guys have taught me a lesson. You better right. believe that I'm never going to sit in a, in a room and, and let them have everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, unless it just it's that kind of gamble where, again... You know, I would have to assume it's going to bring it's going to reap more rewards than the than the money at that point. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that's good. I think we could have a whole episode on that alone. It's just probably it's amazing these days. So um, let's let's jump across the pond. Let's uh, let's get into some DC news. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom is, you know, coming to theaters, I think, next year. Right. I think we'll mm -hmm. probably see some stuff at Fandom for it. But They've just picked up uh, some new cast members, including uh, Zanny, Janny Zhao, India Moore, and Vincent Reagan, along with Randall Park is also returning to reprise his role as uh, Dr. Steven Shin. So we're going to be getting, I guess, Stingray, uh, Karshan, and Atlan. So we're getting some some villains here from the Aquaman 
you know, mythos. And, you know, did you like the, the first Aquaman movie? I, I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun. I, I yeah. didn't I didn't mind it. It, it. it was like a high budgeted Power Rangers movie. Yeah. <laughs> you, no. you know, um, it's, it's like crazy, that, right? That's what I thought it was. And and I thought Black Manta was like the, the best comic oh, yeah. book villain, like the most accurate comic book villain we've seen to date. The costume was so on point. I thought it would look silly and it didn't. And he looked menacing. And yeah, I, I enjoyed it again. I think it it suffered from what DC was suffering from back then which was a little bit of disjointedness, you know what I'm saying? Like not really able to pinpoint even where the movie, you know, was at the timeline, you know what I'm saying? Like we kind of needed like Justice League for it to kind of figure out that that's where it was at. And in terms of like Arthur's relationship with Atlantis, you know what I'm saying? It was like weird. It was like, it's like, had he been there before? Had he not been there before? Like, you know, he was getting all this training. Like, I don't know. It just felt a little disjointed, but overall I liked it. I liked it. Uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. <clears throat> I love that final battle scene. I, and I'm just a sucker for like underwater stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I mean, just am. I love, I love, I love the, that idea of like underwater worlds and things like that. It's a, it's a surprise. I haven't created something in that vein. Um, but, but yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed Aquaman and I'm, and I'm looking forward to this one just because I think that DC has, is now getting its legs. You know what I'm saying? In terms of like, individual properties and really learning where they want to go and the tone that they want to that they want to throw out i think shazam birds of prey um joker stands on its own you know, as its own thing but but really great film but um and now the suicide squad i think all of those you know wonder woman 84 probably is the, is the one that still kind of is kind of attached to the to the old justice league or like the old dc kind of way of filmmaking or what they were trying to do with the with the series, I don't know. I just, it was a big drop off for me in terms of like compared to Wonder Woman. You know what I'm saying? No, I uh, there were things that I loved. Yeah, there were things that I loved. You know, Kristen Wiig was, was brilliant, you know, yes. and Chris Pine was, 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 you know, the gem that he is always. He's, he's always fun. Uh, but I just thought the movie lacked what, what the first movie had, which was a ton of heart and a ton of soul. Um, this one was just kind of like, oh, look, we're in the, we're in the 80s. And, uh, and that was it. You know what I'm saying? Like, even the soundtrack was rough. You know what I'm saying? Even the soundtrack was rough. So, but again, I think that's kind of like a one-off out of the new movies that have come out. So I think, yeah, definitely excited for Aquaman 2. Um, and, uh, and and everything else they've got coming down the pipeline. I'm I'm super hyped for Fandom. I love DC. I really yes. do. Yeah, Fandom last year was amazing. I was I was kind of wondering how that was going to go off. And it was just... It was a great event. It was well organized, and I'm really excited to see what comes out this year because so much stuff got pushed, you know. Anyways, and next year for DC is just it's it's a mammoth it's a mammoth slate of schedule, you know, between HBO Max and 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 the big screen and and what they're doing between the two, connecting it with TV shows. I I'm just I'm all I'm all in because I was very saddened by the way that DC started off with their movies and that, you know, it, the way that people looked at it and laughed at it. And for me, Aquaman, you know, people didn't like it, but I, for me, that was like, it was an Aquaman movie for me. You know, it was a good homage to the, the old cartoon. It was, is a good way to bring into the new, the new times. I liked ocean master as well. I thought he was well done in the movie. Uh, what's his name? Patrick, um, uh, whatever his name is, but, and I love James Wan. I love James Wan so much. And I love, 
I love the fact that he was able to do something so big scale. And I can't wait for this next movie. I'm also a Jason Momoa fan, so that helps. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a beast. No, like yeah. I said, I, I, I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed the movie a lot, just as much as I enjoyed Shazam. I think they were, oh, they were yes. a lot. I think they were a lot of fun. And um, and that to me is is where DC sweet spot is, is between that 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 writing that line of fun and over the topness. You know, that's why I love the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Like they, you know, uh, James Gunn did a brilliant job there. He knew what he had. He knew what he had to deliver with, and he did on on every on every facet. He delivered. So if they can if they can use him as kind of like a pacemaking a pacemaker car, and say, hey, look, this is the kind of stuff that we want. These are the you know these are the kind of stories, the kind of filmmaking we want to see. Then you know they're going to be okay, I think. And I think that the guy who does Shazam, uh, his name escapes me right now, but he's fun. He's he's like he's like a new school you know filmmaker. He has that same kind of vibe, that Taika, uh, you know, James Gunn kind of vibe where they just they just want to have fun with it and they want to make a great movie. So I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and I just mentioned, you know, HBO Max and everything that's coming to that. And it's so smart. Mm -hmm. uh, but we do have a rumor uh, because Sasha Kali, uh, the Supergirl you know, it was supposed to be originally a film, I, from my understanding, right, with her um, mm -hmm. after her appearance in in Flashpoint, which will be her first on the big screen, of course. And this is the beauty of it is like playing nice between small and big screen and really tying everything together and creating these worlds, because I think that these days that's really important. Why, why do you want to wait three years for a story to continue when easily you can put it on the small screen with a smaller budget? And, and deliver the same effect because through storytelling. So, what do you what do you think here? Do you think we're going to see a TV show or a movie on HBO Max with 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 her Supergirl? Um, I think that you know if we're going to do if we're going to do the shows like they're doing with with, with GCPD with Batgirl, I think that, that that it makes sense to do a show with with this new Supergirl. Uh, and and again, it you know it just immediately opens up the world. It gives us more. And I think that we might be we might be seeing, you know, a larger picture unfold here. You know, I think that they they might have been sitting in a room these last few this last year or so saying, OK, how do we how do we connect all of this? How do we make this bigger than just a Justice League movie? Right. Like it, it, it needs to feel bigger than just an event movie. And I think you do that by building out a world that coexists, you know, and and organically making you know and, and introducing threats that bring all of these different corners together you know what i'm saying so i think if if they're smart that's what we're seeing done i would i would much rather see the supergirl show than than a movie again just because with what they're doing with titans uh exactly. what they've done with with uh, doom patrol um it's all been it's all been great it's all been great each each season, it gets better and better, and I think that they that they they'll know how to address these properties on a on an episodic level uh, rather than than just a feature film, um, because of the time that they put in in these past in in the past three years with these other shows. Plus, you've got a great group of people over there. You've got Bad Robot producing. You've got J.J. Abrams. You've got Greg Berlanti. You know, so you've got you've got people who do love these properties and do love these heroes, and now you're and now you're commingling them with the larger filmmaking universe and it can all exist under one hub. Okay, cool. This is what we're talking about now. Now in a couple of years, we can talk about where Marvel and DC stand 
toe-to-toe when it comes to these large-scale cinematic universes. So I think they're, they're, they're in a good place. They're in a good place. And I'm super excited just to see. I mean, I've heard Batgirl, Justice League Dark, or Return of Swamp Thing, you know, Supergirl. Superman. Uh, GCP, Superman, the, the Lanterns. Oh, yeah. Which we have casting for that already. You know what I'm saying? So, again, it's just they, they seem to have sat down at some point and made some larger long-term decisions. And now we're seeing that. I I 100% agree with you. It's it's like when Berlanti did the Arrowverse and we're they were still kind of stuck in that we got to do 20 20 something episodes a season. There's a lot of filler. This is really just TV shows. Now you go to like these streaming services where we have six parts, eight parts, you know, the old the HBO, you know, was what? The formula is always 10 episodes or whatever. So this longer form storytelling for superheroes makes way more sense to me than a two-hour movie ever did. It's like, everybody can argue about a movie for two hours and be like, they didn't do this. Well, they did this. Okay, but no, they didn't. So I appreciate it way more because not every not every superhero needs, you know, a $50 million budget. You don't need right. to. You don't need to have that movie fail because you wanted to tell the story. Tell it on HBO Max. Black right. Canary, perfect example. Like, that's amazing on that network. Would it do well as a movie? Probably not. Birds of Prey didn't do that well. Birds of Prey isn't great movie a great movie if you yep. can accept liberties in your storytelling so right that's it i i'm very excited for what hbo max is doing and the more i see of peacemaker i just can't wait to watch john cena do that show so <laughs> very, very excited. another one exactly yep. yeah again yeah they're just they're building their worlds out it's definitely exciting also coming to HBO Max, uh, there's going to be a three-part documentary about DC Comics history and legacy. And so this is going to be produced by Berlanti. And basically, this is going to go through all the years and, you know, kind of what we just covered of good patches, the rough patches, back to good patches. So I'm kind of excited to see how they how they put this together to watch this because I love documentaries. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, I, I, I love the history of things. I'm, I'm waiting myself. I want to see one for like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like I want to see one with like Kevin Feige and like how the grumblings started there. You know what I'm saying? And like where that all, where it led to and how it led to it and and all of that from Iron Man 1 to, to, each to phase, just yeah. even the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> each phase. Like I want to know like the, the, the inner workings. Of that. And you know there's just somebody, it's got B footage of all of this stuff. We just need voiceover, layover and timeline confirmations, you know? Um, but that would be dope. And it'd be interesting to see like what they highlight in DC, because a lot of the times people don't give credit, but like, uh, I mean the fans do, but like outside, like DC has been producing wonderful animated properties for, for forever now. Like their, their animated stuff has always, has been, has always blown Marvel out of the water. Um, you know, what if is probably the first real Marvel cartoon I've really enjoyed outside of like the old X-Men stuff you know when we were growing up but yep. other than that like you know and spider-man but other than that like there was no i wasn't watching any marvel cartoons at the moment you know what i'm saying like when i when like those marvel movies animated movies were, were dropping all those batman justice league movies i would watch marvel stuff and i'd be like this is all just like kitty stuff like this this is kid cartoons like i want to watch something like doom you know nice. um so so yeah dc has definitely been doing their thing on the animated side of it um, so it'd be interesting to see if they highlight all of that, because I think that that's where they thrived for a long time. 
yeah, kept him alive. It definitely built a new fan base and and really let everybody know what DC is about. Because I don't feel right. like DC can fit into this family friendly MCU stuff for the most part. I also mm-hmm. feel like that that DC has a Batman crutch way too much. So many yeah. people are like, I love Batman, but I don't like DC. Okay, that's fine. But at the same time, don't bitch about DC movies because they're not a Batman movie or they're not dark enough because that's not what DC is right. about. There are so many different characters in DC that I always feel like, oh, and those animated movies are a good example that let's put Batman in everything just so it sells. Right. You don't have to do that anymore now. It's actually, yeah. we've moved away from that. So I'm very happy to see people actually embracing what I feel is true DC and that goofiness and that brightness and the hopefulness of that universe right. and the gods the gods, that's what they are. You know, these right. they are godlike powers. And what do you do with that? And that's that's something that's the opposite of Marvel, you know, in certain in certain characters for the most part. So right. yeah, you're right. And it's like we should have known from the beginning when you're watching Batman the Animated Series as a child, and it's like, this isn't made for kids. I watched it, you know, I, right. I showed it to my nephews. I'm like, some of this is not appropriate. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> it's always been darker, and I love it. It always um, has been, yeah. Last up, we just mentioned Fandom. It's October 16th, so just around the corner. What's your number one thing you want to see? Oh, my God. Come on. Do you even have to ask? <laughs> uh, the Batman. Nice. The Batman. Yeah, man. I'm so hyped for that. Like, But I've been a big – I was a big fan from the moment they said Matt Reeves. So yes, me too. Um, I, was, I was already on board. And then they went and got Robert Pattinson. And that, to me, was, was always a dream cast for me. Uh, I, I didn't think they'd go that young again, you know. Um, I always figured they keep it right around Ben Affleck's age, you know, a, an actor of that of that age range, um, who could maybe play a couple years younger, but still very seasoned, very grizzly, uh, older Batman. I, I, I didn't think we'd go ever go back, and and now we're kind of getting like this almost pseudo year one almost feel. You know, the things that we've heard are just great. You know, it being a, almost like a dark horror movie, um, you know, with 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 Batman's detective skills at the forefront, uh, so much so that, that 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 it's a part of the plot that GCPD cannot cannot crack this serial killer who I'm guessing is the Riddler. You know, that that to me is that just that just sounds amazing. And I can't wait for it. I'm there for it. And then everything else, I, I do hope they, they announce another season of Harley Quinn because yeah. that show's just brilliant. And uh, I guess at this point, tie-ins and, and Doom Patrol are, are given. I mean, I'm not too worried about, about their futures just because, I mean, I haven't seen this season of Doom Patrol, but this season of tie-ins has just been the best. Like the best. So good. So I can't imagine that not coming back. I'd like to hear some news about some more Young Justice. That'd be nice. They just finished production, I think, uh, oh, the last episode. Oh, okay. So I just read that the other day. Uh, so that's right. coming. I'm sure we're going to see something. I'm very excited for that. Yeah. yeah, the Batman is a definite. I I feel like it's time for a real Batman movie because I, I'm i in a camp where there hasn't been a real Batman movie yet. And I will argue with anybody about even the Burton movies. The, Sh- the Schumacher movies are just Batman 66 on, you know, and a little bit mixed with Burton. But I... I'm ready and I'm ready for it not to be, it's going to be a hard PG 13. They will not rate it R. They won't. Right. Cause it's Batman, but I'm ready to be like scared because Batman's not a, he's not a superhero. I'm sorry. He's not a superhero. He's this guy who's beating the crap out of everybody. 
with a with a dark you know vendetta uh, and that's not always appropriate for you know the general audience and i'm glad that everything we've read about this is pointing towards that and the fact that they right. said horror is like <laughs> it's great yeah so i'm very excited for that i'm also very excited for black adam it's been gosh i mean we're talking 2007 2008 i think was the beginning of when the rock really started got attached to that project so it's right. it, if it wasn't the rock i always say that project would have fallen apart so long ago but right i'm ready for this i'm ready for the jsa on the big screen especially since they're using different characters than um star girl is so we're gonna right. see some neat stuff there um so i'm very excited for that and i and i love the rock so me too yeah i'm um, excited for that too yeah so let's uh let's jump over that galaxy far far away and get into some star wars news because bubba fett is is coming the book of bubba we just got the uh the poster the other day and a release date of december 29th and we'll also be getting a special during the disney plus day on november 12th so you you think this is more than just you know a preview of the show will we get like a some different like maybe a little short animated thing of Bubba. will they do like a little celebration or do you think it's just behind the scenes in a preview in terms of the special yes. on, on, the, on the 12th of November, yeah yeah i think there i mean we're going to be treated to a to a fandom like experience um that we'll be able to kind of shift through on our own on the app you know so the you know it'll be you know the star wars special the marvel special and then whatever shows and movies are coming in that day which again are quite a few um i just love the way they do things man I, i'm just a big fan i know people hate on disney and, and stuff like that but i just i love how they do this these kind of rollout so yeah i think we'll probably get a little tease on 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 boba and and what that what that show is going to look like uh and then they've got they've got some other stuff in, up their sleeve in terms of like specials and things that they want to they're going to talk about uh there was also some dates set for some movies uh, yes. uh which I think is like 2023, the end of 2023, or or, or maybe even 2024. Uh, but still, we should have you know some some names outside of like X Wings, which I think is is going to be a movie. I don't think it's going to be a TV show. The Patty Jenkins thing. That's definitely a movie. Yes. That's, yep. That's, that's a, a movie. movie. But they have they have uh, two other movies that have been or two dates that have been slated for Star Wars films. The Feige so, and the Taika movie. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see what those are. Maybe we'll get some announcements there. Yeah, I do plan. I, I do think that they're gonna definitely blow the roof off uh, uh, in terms of what we're what we're gonna be expecting and what they're gonna announce. I think we're gonna all be pleasantly surprised. Absolutely. Yeah, there's apparently it was announced that there's ten plus shows coming, and we know of seven so far. So there's four more, and so mm -hmm. they'll be releasing over the next few years. And I'm. I'm surprised. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get at least another High Republic show, and one of those movies is a High Republic movie, without a doubt. I I would bet money on it, because that initiative has done well, and I think it's time for them to really expand it if they're going to be doing this over a couple of years. Uh, and why wouldn't we get a movie? I mean, if they're gonna if they're gonna go and maybe take like the, the the three main like the two main books that, that have come out so far like into the dark and and that first one you know and they're gonna they're talking about trilogy you know to tell this to tell this this story this high republic story it's not a bad place to be i mean no. everybody's gonna get what they want which is a bunch of jedis and a really and, and some pretty badass villains to be honest um and they're gonna get a really 
you know, galaxy sprawling adventure because that's what this has been so far. 100%. It would be awesome to kind of see maybe not a complete adaption, but like a point of view from a character that carries you through all of that stuff. And then right. it's like, oh, you want to read more? Go read the books. But we've kind of told you what has happened so that people can get caught up, but also get a new story instead of having it be rehashed. I think that would be right. a way to do it, possibly. Yeah, um, no, that works, too. Tons of Jedi out there now. So <laughs> last up in Star Wars news, uh, Knights of the Old Republic is getting a switch port on November 11th. This is not the re uh, the remake that is coming down, you know, down the line eventually. But this is a good opportunity for anybody who wants to play the old game. Uh, I'll, I'll probably buy it, honestly. I love that game so much. And I would love it right. on the Switch. <laughs> so. I just need to get a Switch. I'm like late to the party. Switch is, Switch is one of my favorite consoles ever made, honestly. I, I didn't really know how I feel about it. And it's just, I've always loved Nintendo. And it's much better than what they did with the Wii U and, and the portability and stuff like that. So that's the right. key for me. It's just, it's a really fun system. And they're always very innovative. And I can't wait to see what is coming next. So you might want to wait until the Switch Pro, if anything. That's, I think that's next. That's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing it's a little bigger. Supposedly has like some screen adaptations, like they've 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 upgraded the screen and things like that. So I'll take a look at it. I, I'm I'm behind. I I'm still playing my PS4. There you go. Nothing wrong with that. Anyways, let's uh let's jump to the first commercial, and then we'll be right back with more Tally Talk and Ruben Romero. Do you remember Conan or Nintendo, Chris? Yeah. Oh my gosh. What about Earthworm Jim for the Nintendo 64? One of my favorites. Don't you wish you had it? I do. I really do sometimes. Okay, but what about some of those old games that you had, and you're maybe just kind of looking to clean out your collection and make a little cash? Would I be able to trade them for anything? Well, I've got the answer for you. Ridley's Gaming Realm is your one-stop shop for great gaming discussion, as well as the place for retro buying, selling, and trading without the fees and dramas of the other selling sites. Really? No drama? <laughs> well, you know, we try to avoid the drama. Oh. So they pride themselves on having over a year of zero reported scams. You can find them on Facebook. Just search Ridley's Gaming Realm. That's Ridley's, R-I-D-L-E-Y-S. Or click on the link in the show description. Is that Ridley, like, from Metroid? <laughs> and uh, make sure to tell them that D-Fat sent you. Hey, come take a seat at the campfire. You're not the only one who joins. I've got friends that come over sometimes, too. We talk about a ton of interesting things from geek culture. Then we cover some conspiracies or philosophical thoughts or monsters. You know, we talked about Bigfoot in one episode. It's a lot of fun, so come join me at the Campfire Chats, a DFAT entertainment podcast hosted on Spotify and other fine places you find podcasts. Need more context on your favorite movie? Is Obama. Obama, As okay. Senator Obama. Ever wonder why they did or didn't do that thing or include that scene? This is prime. Like, this is, Perfect this is quality entertainment. Check out Gutsy Media Podcast as my friends and I take a deep dive into everything from blockbusters to indie films. The weakest apple cider bitch beers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. That's Gutsy Media Podcast for everything movies. We are back from those commercials, and we're going to talk comic books. Ruben... I really only have a couple of things in the news from comic books uh, from Image, and it's it's Spawn. I mean, Spawn 
it's the year of spawn which is dubbed by todd mcfarlane this year the the todd father and he said and he's he's pretty much stuck to his promise except for that movie which i don't even know if it's real or not but anyways yeah. we're getting another uh we're getting a really sweet team book called spawn the scorched and also gunslinger spawn is coming out the sales record of both that and also medieval spawn they've hit records these are mass-produced books of course for an indie publisher quote-unquote indie publisher image but it's very exciting because I've always been a big Spawn fan, and it's nice to see this world growing. I'm just happy for Todd, man, because like yeah. he's a hard worker, one of you know the Todd father. Uh, you know, so many comic book creators now can point to Todd McFarlane and his influence, and you know just who he is in in the industry. Having seen this resurgence, well, for me at least, I'm sure diehard diehard Spawn fans, he probably never left, but. For me, it's 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 a resurgence in seeing Spawn on on the uh, on the shelves at comic book stores. It's pretty awesome, you know. And and I do think the movie is real. Um, I just think that it's not as it's not as easy for a guy like like Todd. Todd you know, for as much as for as much uh, time he spent in the industry, I think the movie industry is still a whole other beast. And it's not a very like easy, you know, navigated field for for comic book guys. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, we're still uh, just writers, just creators, and you know, I'm sure he's learned a ton uh, in his time in the industry. But making a movie is still a very hard process. You know what I'm saying? That's why, like, um, you know, I, I I listen to guys like Jason Bateman and uh, on on Smartless, and you know, he talks about going into like uh, auditions and going into offices and seeing like movie posters for like these horrible movies that got made. But the the truth of the matter is, is that like. The people are, you know, those posters are up because they're proud that that movie got made. You know what I'm saying? Like they're because it's such a it's such a process to mm-hmm. even get a movie made. So I think I think we'll eventually see it. Um, uh, I I don't know how well it'll perform. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how well the other Spawn movie did. Um, but I think that there is a huge fan base for it. Um, I'm actually going to be at a um, at a convention on Halloween Day that they're giving away. Um, one of these, one of those Todd McFarlane King Spawn uh, number ones uh, signed. Um, so it's definitely, you know, they, the, the tickets are sold out. They, it's the, and people are like, we're there for the Spawn. So it's like, it, it definitely has a fan base, and people people want more of it. So I'm I'm just happy for him in general. Uh, I've been following him for a long time, and I was I was there. Uh, I'm actually in the post where if you go back in Facebook and you go back to one of his first posts of him like a picture of him sitting at his computer and he's talking about writing the script. Me and him had a very like, like probably like five, six, maybe seven comment exchange on, on just the process of writing and like how proud I was to like see him, you know, how hype I was to see him working and, you know, doing my stuff. And he was very nice. And he was like, Oh, you should send me your stuff, blah, blah. So, you know, he's, he's a good guy, man. He's one of us. He's one of us. Uh, I'm sure other, like, again, uh, more comic book industry guys know more more stuff about each other than than us fans do. Um, but to me, he's always seemed like a really cool and genuine guy. Absolutely, you know, always at conventions, it wasn't. I don't know, it felt like really pushed through. You could actually talk to him, and he's just always been one of my heroes in the industry. I I mean, I'm I'm more of a toy guy than a comic guy, even. And I mean, I'm a big comic yeah. guy. And McFarlane Toys has always been a huge influence on my collecting. It probably is what he probably actually taught me what collectible toys are. Honestly, it's like 
if it was, and now this resurgence of McFarlane toys and his, his, his DC license now and, and all of the other stuff he's doing, it's amazing. And the fact that he's doing this at that, at that price, while everybody else is going up. It's, it's, he's killing it. He's killing it this year. Yeah. And I'm just making jokes about the movie. I can't wait for that movie. Honestly, I think it'll do well now because we're in the comic book movie era. So there's right. no way that a, a big, a bigger budget spawn movie wouldn't do well now. I still love that Michael J. White movie. So. Yeah, he was great in it. He was. He's still one of my favorite actors, no matter what he does. So, um, but let's jump over to crowd sorcery. There's a few things here, um, including a fairy. But let me get through the first two. Uh, Beast of the Mesozoic. You're a you're a dinosaur fan. I know that. This yes, guy. Um, there's been a lot of different. Uh, I gotta get this open. Your Kickstarter is based on the dinosaurs that he makes, and this time around, it's the Tyrannosaurus series, which is. You know, my favorite dinosaur. Um, right. right now, it's at $327,000. It's of a Holy goal geez. of 885000 Now, think about it this way. The Four Horsemen, when they did Mythic Legions, they set records of over a million dollars. So, yeah, there's there's money to be made if you have a 3D printer or have a good connection in China to make uh, to make action figures. Make toys. Right. Yeah. My brain's always turning on that. So um, if you guys want to get on that, I'll leave the the link in the uh, the show notes. Next up from Defect Comics uh, featuring Ray Griffin and Casey Bowker of Teletalk. Their book, Kintara Stone, the Immortal Templar, is headed to Kickstarter. And if you want to jump on that, I'm going to leave the link in the, uh, the show notes. Uh, get ready for that. It is Highlander meets Moon Knight in an action-adventure comic series that spans history. You know, I, we're privy to some of the behind-the-scenes stuff for this, and I, I like yeah. what I've seen. I like female heroes yeah. and stuff like that, so I'm very excited for this. And to see yeah. Casey kind of spread his wings and working with a bunch of different people, it's 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 awesome. We're not we're not going to mention who was responsible for changing the sex of the uh, protagonist, <clears throat> Ruben Romero. Um, but um, <laughs> I but, hope we um, get proper credit. Yeah, for no. That. And royalties. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> Where's my long form contract, Casey and Chris? Get it signed. Um, no, yeah, I've been excited about it for a long time. Uh, you know, just because I'm a huge, huge fan of of of, of the Knights of the Templar. Uh, I love that story. Um, you know, even even if in, even in its uh, real form, like real world history, the Knights of the Templar was just a really cool sounding name you know what i'm saying and and what they stood for and what they did um was was pretty wild so you know to to be able to take that mythos and, and play with it um i'm kind of jealous that casey got to do it all by himself but the book looks great uh griffith is uh is seems like a really great guy a good partner um he's putting his heart and soul into into the book and they've got some really beautiful looking covers man i mean i know people are in comics you know they're all about their covers so this um this this Kickstarter is going to have plenty of that. Uh, and again, Casey's writing and uh, and, you know, I, I might be a little bit biased, but he is he is truly one of my favorite writers writing in, in the in, in the indie circle right now. He's got a really funny way of uh, delivering comedy and he has a really cool way of seeing the action and kind of making the artist translate that onto paper. So. He's 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 gifted in a lot of facets, man, and and them together have have put together a really really cool book, and I'm hoping it does well for him. I really do. Me too. Me too. Looking forward to it. I was wrong. It launches today, 
So by the time you guys today, tonight. listen to this episode, you can actually go and check out the live show, which is airing tonight. And then the launch, I believe, is during that. So by the time you guys listen to that, uh, the Kickstarter will be underway. So the link will be there if you want to back it and support indie comics. Speaking of indie comics and fairy, the fairy has got nine days left. You're fully funded. Nine days left. Must feel nice. Fully funded. Must feel it good. does. It does. <laughs> it does feel good. But it, it's also like <clears throat> we want to do more because like one of our one of our stretch goals or not one of our stretch goals, but one of our goals is uh, or one of our add ons is the third issue. So the more that we take in for that third issue, the faster we can come out, come out with it. You know what I'm saying? So if you add that on, that's one less Kickstarter that, that we have to run. You know what I'm saying? In terms of, of, of books, we can jump maybe right into issue four um, and do a Kickstarter for, for issues four and five, you know, and, and get that going and offer, you know, issue three as an add-on since it's already done. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of it, it opens up the, 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 the road, so to speak, to, to different lanes that we can take you know, overfunding. It's definitely not about putting more money in our pockets because that's, that definitely doesn't happen. Um, but, uh, but just about, you know, being able to get more content to the fans, um, in a more timely manner. Uh, plus, I mean, it's just fun. Rodrigo Katraka, the, the artwork is amazing. I just had somebody tell me on Twitter the other day, I, I stopped, the tweet was, I stopped dead in my tracks when I saw the artwork because I thought this, I thought it was for something mainstream. And, that to me was like a huge compliment, you know what I'm saying? In terms of like what this book looks like, what it feels like just to the naked eye. No, no word bubbles, no nothing, just art and colors. And, you know, it's stopping people dead in their tracks. So um, I'm excited. I think that if you like things like American Gods and you like things like uh, Supernatural and Buffy, you're going to fall in love with Inferi. Um, again, it's got me and Casey writing on it and, uh, and Rodrigo Catraca as the artist uh ph as the colorist and dave lentz as the letterist uh the book is also picked up for publishing worldwide distribution um starting next year uh with second by publishing so this is kind of like uh like a little pre-sale you know uh and, and again one thing we always love to mention is these covers that you're seeing now on the kickstarter you won't see them when they come out with second sight well they'll be all different covers so this is a chance to own um a series uh before it's got a publishing label on it uh, before it's uh, and its cover is unique and never going to be seen again. So, you know, all reasons to jump in. Plus, we got some really great rewards, awesome shirts, stickers, postcards, uh, trading cards. Uh, so we're excited. We're excited about it. Excellent. Yeah, everybody, check it out. We'll leave a uh, link in the show notes. Be sure to back in Ferry if you dig it. If you don't, back it anyhow or we'll come for you. Let's jump over to TV and streaming news. You know, I'm not a Pitch Perfect fan. I don't think I've ever watched it. Are you? Are you? Have you ever watched Pitch Perfect? Any of it? Yeah, yeah. I'm a. Okay. I'm, I'm definitely a, a Pitch Perfect fan. Um, I, I am. A, I'm a geek from 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 day one. Uh, if you don't know what that means, that is a, a geek who watched Glee. Uh, I've always been a theater kid. Uh, I never had the the voice to sing. Uh, I wish I did. I always, I always joke with people. They're like, "Oh, if you could do one thing, what would it be?" And it would like if I, if I could trade my writing for another talent, I would trade it. I would trade my writing for for singing because I love love singing. Um, I just have a horrible voice. So yeah, I, I've, I'm down for a Pitch Perfect TV show. I've actually been jonesing to like kind of re binge Glee. Um, so maybe this will will scratch that itch. 
uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. I, and plus, Anna Kendrick is like one of my favorite people in the whole entire world. So if she's got anything to do with it, if she's producing it or writing or even directing or maybe even cameoing it, um, I'm there because she is truly one of the brightest lights in our universe on this planet right now. So uh, I do love her to death. So this series, uh, Adam Devine will return, uh, will reprise his role, and Elizabeth Banks will be reproducing. So oh, more okay. news as it comes on that one. Ms. Um, Banks is definitely another uh, another great person out there doing work. So she's she's great, too. Absolutely. And this is, you know, like we've been saying, the more things that find their way to TV so that we can have more stories and more fun, the better for everybody. We have a new Star Trek series coming. It's a spinoff of Discovery. Uh, it's called Strange New Worlds, featuring Christopher Pike and Spock on the Enterprise. So this is pre-Kirk. Uh, one of my favorite times is is around that. I like Christopher Pike. I like Kirk uh, on all those stories. So I'm very excited for this because it's returning back to more of the episodic um, structure for the shows. Now, Discovery, Picard, it's like week by week, it's telling stories like many shows are now. It's very, it's it's from episode to episode. And you know what? I miss I miss episodes where you can watch it and have it resolved. Like I said at the beginning of the show, I've been watching a lot of Next Generation and Deep Space Nine. And getting back to that and just having a story told to you, yeah, the, the stuff carries over from week to week with character development. And sometimes you have two episode arcs and whatnot. But I really miss that sometimes, though I do love the full season story as well. What do you think? You've watched any of the Star Trek shows that have come out as of late on, on um, I, I have Paramount it. Plus? Mm-hmm. I have it. I've been wanting to. I've been meaning to just because, again, I, I've always been, you know, kind of like, uh, like you know, Hispanics say, which translates into over the top, you know, just over the top, you know. So, like, I'm kind of like an over the top fan in terms of, like, just like the top layer. You know, I like the idea. Um, <clears throat> I've always liked the characters. Um, I did love the JJ movies, even though I understand that that is like a completely different Star Trek compared to like what, what it's uh, meant to be uh, according to some fans. Um, but at the end of the day, I enjoyed those movies. Um, I liked them and, uh, and I've always, you know, I, I, I watched, um, I watched the next generation, like sparingly, like when, when it was on TV, if I caught an episode and there was nothing else to watch, I would, I would leave it on that. Uh, just because it did get my attention. Uh, but I was never like one of those, you know, I'm not I'm not a Star Trek fan the way that I'm a Star Wars fan, right. uh, you know, s- simply put. Uh, but these new shows have always, you know, they've, they've, they've definitely gotten my attention. I just haven't, I haven't been able to sit down and watch them. I've got Paramount Plus because I do think it's a, it's a great streamer. It also has a lot of other great content. Uh, but Discover and, um, and Picard, I've been wanting, I've been meaning to go to and, and watch them just because they, they do look interesting. They look great. Yeah, you should definitely do it. I I love Star Trek. Like you, I am definitely more of a Star Wars fan because that's what I grew up being. But like I mentioned earlier, it's like as I as an adult and going back and watching these, it's just it hits on a different level, especially with like, I guess I'll say it like how we picture our world now. And like, right. will we ever get to that that time where all humans are kind of like on, you know, going towards the same goal and it's a big universe and whatnot? I it is definitely science fiction for <laughs> at this point, yeah. Um, but it's yeah. always very hopeful, and that's what I liked about Star Trek too. Um, and also, though, it's been tough because I want to watch, I want to finish Discovery, but I have to watch it episode by episode. And you mentioned like catching an episode of Next Generation, uh, the Next Generation, just randomly. You could sit down and watch it and not miss anything. 
And I really miss right. that sometimes. And it's like, I'll get behind on shows because I'm stuck a season behind and I'm not, I can't find time to actually watch all of it. Sometimes I just want that enjoyable 45 minute block. <laughs> so, right. Next up, Netflix has bought the Raul Dahl estate. So now Netflix owns all of his stories, all of them. So I'm very excited to see what this is going to really turn into, because like we said before, it's a little bit easier to tell these stories on a small screen. And Mm -hmm. you can do it in a much different fashion than you than you can with a Hollywood production. So animation on this could be great. So it'll be interesting to see what Netflix does with that. Well, they're cranking out entertainment at a rapid pace here, and they're doing it at a high level. The you know the the CEO over at Netflix really knows his stuff, and uh, and this was just a smart play. You know they they need universes. You know what I'm saying? They need an endless supply of of, uh, of sandbox to play in. Um, so being able to acquire this, which is such a huge huge universe that it spans, I mean, he told all kinds of different stories. You can tell kids stories, you can tell adult stories. Um, and you can do it, like you said, in different mediums, from animation to live action. And uh, and they're all going to be wonderful because they're rolled off. It'll be, yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I think it's going to be a really good addition to to the service, especially touching, you know, generations before us that that experience those stories, you know, and and hopefully it'll bring new new uh, readers to the books as well. Speaking of Netflix, though, uh, Tadam was a huge event last Saturday uh, where they just unleashed all sorts of stuff coming to the network, including the Witcher onslaught, as I like to call it, because we're getting got another look at season two. There's a kids show coming. There's more anime. They are completely taking that and running with it. And I'm very happy. It's been very popular as books, been very popular as video games. And now they are smart to get in on that and, and get Henry Cavill to pleasure out. I know you and I have had our discussions about it, but what do you think about what you know, their agenda and what they put out. They put out that anime this year uh, about Vesemir and more and, you know, more is coming. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I give you I give you crap. Uh, just like I give my best friend Roger crap uh, about it. I mean, overall, it was it was an enjoyable series. You know what I'm saying? I, I was I, you know, I didn't get into the games. I didn't get into the books. So I came into it as just like, oh, this is a, a brand new property. So um, again, for me, it was a little slow, you know, like I don't mind slow burns, but I think that when you have the backdrop of like fantasy and things like that, it just needs to, you know, that was my, my, my gripe probably maybe in the beginning of Game of Thrones too, where it was just like, it was taking forever to get to something. And I was just like, okay, like this, this world and these characters don't mean that much to me. Like, I don't, I don't love them in that, in that, in that way. Um, for me, the perfect example is, um, is that last fantasy show that came out on on Netflix, uh, Blood and Bone, or or something like that? I can't I can't remember what it was. Bone, Shadow and Bone. Shadow and Bone, is it? Yeah, Shadow and Bone. Like that to me, like I loved that first season, but it was like it was like at a breakneck pace. Like everything was like like you know they hit the gas and they ran, and like I was just like okay, like I got it, like I get the world, I understand the magic, like. You know, and like I, for me, I felt like The Witcher was just too much of a little bit of a slow burn. Season two's trailer actually looks phenomenal. Like it looks epic. Like just the way it was shot, what they chose to show us. You know, some of the characters. Uh, there's a Game of Thrones alum, the the dude with the big red beard. Um, I always forget his name. Uh, he's playing a character. Uh, you know, CGI character on Game of Thrones, or not Game of Thrones, on on Witcher. He show he was showing his scenes the other day. I was like, that that character looks 
insane. Like that work looks amazing. Uh, so I am looking forward to it. I'm going to watch it just like I watched season one. I just, you know, I wasn't a huge, huge fan, but season two does look like it's going to be amazing. Um, I haven't watched the anime, but that again, the animation looked great on that as well. I, again, I think that Netflix is just doing what, what, what Netflix should be doing, which is taking care of the properties that have brought them success, right? You even hear grumblings about with Stranger Things now that it's kind of approaching its, its end where they're talking about spinoffs, they're talking about animated shows. So there's all these things that, that, that again, if you, if you built a sandbox, if you produced a sandbox, if you created that sandbox, why are you going to, you know, why not give us more out of that sandbox and approach it from different angles? So with The Witcher, I think it makes 100% sense because it's already got this huge, huge, massive built-in fan base that is probably going to be mad at me when they hear me talk about it. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, it is, it's, it seems like they're just doubling down, which is smart because we see what happens when they don't like a show or a show doesn't do well. They cut it off very rapidly. So them adding and continuing to, they greenlit season three already without season two even premiering. So they're doubling down. They know that this is going to do well across the board because it already, it's already done so. I think it's going to be great for them. Absolutely. You mentioned Stranger Things. We got to look at that for season four. Speaking of spinoffs, Army of Thieves, man. Army of Army of the Dead. You know, I, I, I actually like that movie a lot. I like Zack Snyder. Mm-hmm. I don't like Zack Snyder DC stuff. I'm okay with it. But I like Zack Snyder as a director. I have no problem with his films. I think they're always a lot of fun. And I loved Army of the Dead. So Army of Thieves looks even better because I love heist movies. And the fact that this got this is a spinoff from that movie and looks amazing. This is exactly what you're just talking about. Right, right. Just keep building that sandbox. No matter how ridiculous uh, it may be, if people are enjoying it, let them enjoy it and keep building on it. Um, I had my gripes with Army of the Dead. It's not, it's not a perfect movie. And it's not even gripes. It's more questions that kind of went unanswered about a few things. But other than that, you know, I, I thought it was a ton of fun. I loved it. I, I watched it, I think, like three times just to make sure that I wasn't missing anything when it came to my questions. But... Uh, and still had those questions after the third viewing, but still enjoyed enjoyed the movie for what it was. I think Zach has a really great eye for zombie movies. You know, Dawn of the Dead was is one of my favorite remakes, um, yeah, hands down. Uh, and that's tough to do because, you know, again, you know, it's a George A. Romero movie uh, film. So it's for me to touch, you know, Romero is, is tough. So for you to come in and, and do a remake, and for it to be good, uh, you know, is, is, is a feat. So, so yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, Army of Thieves seems fun. I like that character in, in uh, Army of the Dead. So, and he's a funny actor. So I like, you know, I like to see where it goes, see what else they do. Were you a fan of the first Extraction movie? Yeah. I, I like that movie. Yeah. I'm, I'm really happy yeah. to see it. You know, I love, I love Chris Hemsworth to begin with, and I liked him in that role. And that fact that it was like, not on the big screen, and now we're actually getting a sequel because who knows if we would have got a you know if that money would movie would have made money in theater. So here right. we are. These big actors are all over Netflix. It's like Ryan Reynolds, The Rock, with that movie, and with Gal Gadot is coming. That that preview was amazing. I can't wait for that movie. Um, so yeah, that burn notice or red notice, whatever it yeah, is, red like notice. that. that yep. looks, yeah, red notice looks looks great. Extraction too. Yeah, my, with extraction, I just thought. You know, it didn't have a like it, to me. It was a man on fire story, but it just didn't have the heart that man on fire had. But yeah. that's not Chris Hemsworth's fault. You know what I'm saying? That's not the fault of anything. It's just that story didn't have that 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 PETA 
you know what I'm saying? That 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 there was a child actor, but it wasn't as compelling as Peter was. You know what I'm saying? With with the dot with the bear and Chrissy and like you don't get that that relationship building that that Denzel's character, you know, yeah. and Peter do in in Man on Fire. You don't get that with Extraction. Extraction is more breakneck. It's more about Chris Hemsworth's character. You know what I'm saying? And like the journey he's on. So. So yeah, I mean, and and again, I think a sequel serves its purpose. There's there's a lot more to tell of that character, um, and what he could do, and what what that story might unfold. So yeah, I'm I'm all for it, man. All these big name actors doing, you know, building out franchises, um, building out worlds, uh, one movie at a time on a streaming network. I'm I'm there for it. Give it to me. Hundred percent. Three previews that really got me were Arcane, that animated League of Legends movie. I have no idea really? what League of Legends is. I've never played it. But I will watch that. It looks amazing. Like the the animation that like I'll I'll even say like the new He-Man show. Like the animation Netflix is coming out with, and like working with Powerhouse and all of the stuff that they're doing is amazing. It's just you're not seeing that in the big screen. You're not you're seeing like you know like Pixar and and all these other kids stuff. When I see an adult like adult oriented animated movie, I get really excited, especially when it looks this damn good. Yeah, I've never played League of Legends in my life, and I and I'll definitely be watching that for sure. Also, Vikings Valhalla, we're talking about, you know, Sandbox. Here's a show that's taking place 100 years after the, the history show. Uh, now it's on Netflix. So I'm very excited for that. That looks great. Um, it covers Leif Erikson, another age of Vikings when they come this way. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that differs from the first show. And then also Neil Gaiman's Sandman. That mm-hmm. little teaser, I can't wait for that. I, I'm really excited to see what they do with it on, on Netflix. Yeah, I'm excited for him to for that show as well. Um, I love the American Gods. Unfortunately, you know the showrunners maybe did not have like all of all of the support that they could have had for that show to continue to do what it was doing in its first two seasons. Um, but but yeah, it's 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 an amazing story. Uh, Neil Gaiman's a he's one of my favorite writers, and this show looks to be phenomenal. No matter what. Uh, the fan base may be saying about certain characters, the way that they've been cast or whatever the case may be. This show looks like it's going to be phenomenal. These and days, down. I have one term for that. Get over it. Yeah. You don't like black Superman? Then don't watch it. Right. So, like, right. things are going to change. You don't want to see, you don't want to see Joanne Constantine. You want to see John Constantine. Well, then go watch John Constantine. You know what I'm saying? Like, sorry. I'm, I don't know what to tell you. It's funny. I didn't, you know? I forgot that even that casting happened and I was like reading about it the other day. I was like, wait a minute, what? I forgot they were doing that. I was, I got really excited because I was like, when Matt Ryan stepped away from the Constantine role and they're going to recast him as a different role on legends. I was like, why are they kind of giving up the Constantine thing? And this is, I think this is why this is, I mean, it's not like people can't handle it, but it's a smart move. It's like, everybody's like, yes, Matt Ryan should be Constantine forever. No, no, he shouldn't. There's other people who could play Constantine instead of an English white guy. So, yeah, let's jump over to movies because I'm very excited for this first bit of news because I'm a big Matt Kent fan. Like when you and I talk about our favorite writers, he's definitely mm-hmm. my top five. And Department H was a great comic. It was by yeah. him and his wife. I love I always love their art and their and his storytelling. And I it's an undersea thriller mystery, murder mystery, and it's coming to Netflix. So I'm pumped for this i'm very pumped for this yeah i'm happy for him too um and again if this does well then that just means more kent stuff on television so you know and he's got a wealth of uh of properties that he can bring over 
uh, as well. So, you know, him, uh, Millar, uh, I think all of these guys are, are finding homes. Um, and people are really starting to see that, you know, comic books and graphic novels and things like that, um, they're, they're just as, you know, translatable as a novel or a screenplay, um, you know, or a pilot script. So, again, uh, just, just more proof that, that independent creators can really, if you, put your, if you put your grind in day in and day out and really treat this as a job and, and go out there and make something of your properties, this is going to happen for you. It's not going to happen overnight. I mean, when did when did Department H come up? You know what I'm saying? Like, so again, it's just one of those things where it's going to take some time, but we're living in a day and age where it is possible now. Um, and we're seeing a lot of these big name creators, a lot of our personal heroes, finally getting their flowers and getting their stuff done. Heck yeah, exactly. And that's, that's all I was saying. Like, Kinch wrote Berserker with Keanu Reeves, right? So that's mm-hmm. another thing that yep. got picked up. So I'm excited. I love that comic. I think it came out when I was still in New York, actually, when I was buying it kind of around the time I moved to California. So if you have, if you haven't read it, check it out if you like Undersea Mysteries. Next up, you're a Harry Potter fan. Uh, Fantastic Beats, yes, Beasts, not Beats. Uh, Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore comes out on April 15th, 2022. So the Jude Law-led movie here, uh, which has been kind of... Yes. What do you think about this trilogy? Do you like it? Um, yeah, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. I'm, I'm more excited about Mads Mikkelsen stepping in, in the, you know, in the role yes. that Johnny Depp kind of, um, uh, held for two, for two movies. I think he's a better casting choice in terms of, in terms of that character. Um, I always felt Jack Johnny was, was, was Johnny, you know, it was a Johnny Depp thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, and they got him because he was Johnny Depp, not because he, he fit the character, but, mm. but I think, uh, again, it, it's not without its, its, it's flaws. You know, there's a lot of retconning that goes on uh, when it comes uh, when it comes to J.K. Rowling and what she likes to do. And this, these movies have served that purpose uh, in a lot of ways, have serviced her in a lot of ways to kind of get everything right past this point um, for everything to line up. It's, and then with Dumbledore, you know, it kind of scares me with like this whole secrets of Dumbledore. Like, you're, you know, are you going to pull out? you know, some, some weird secret brother that we never knew about that, like, how come this was never spoken about during Harry's time? Like, like, what is it, you know, like, what is it that we're going to learn here, man? Cause that's, that, that to me is like, they already played that angle in, in the Deathly Hollows. Like that's what got, that's what made Harry kind of struggle throughout the first half of that book was the fact that he didn't know Dumbledore the way he thought he knew Dumbledore. So now what are you telling us that we don't know Dumbledore the way that you told us Dumbledore was? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So like, so it kind of scares me. But at the same time, I've enjoyed them. You know, I always get a lot of great pops out of them. So out of these movies, there have been some great pops. Uh, so there's always that. And I do love the cast. You know, I do. I do love that cast very, very much. Uh, and I love the character of Newt's commander. So uh, I always felt like uh, for me, uh, again, this is another world that's kind of going unexplored and, and kind of wasted because people just want to focus on Harry and the Potters. Uh, kind of much like, you know, Star Wars wants to focus on Luke and the Skywalkers. Uh, so to me, it's like, let you know, give us more. You know, I want I want more stories outside. Like I was just, you know, TMI, but like I was in the shower the other day and I was like, I was like, man, imagine, imagine like, you know, blowing up and like getting a bunch of notoriety for like your comics and the things that you're writing. And then like having like Warner Brothers be like, OK, well, look, we love the agency, but we're not going to do an agency movie, but we want to do something 
with like the American side of like the magical universe, you know, of, of, of JK Rowling's, you know, we saw a little bit of it in, in fantastic beast. Why don't you, why don't you create a story in, you know, on this side of the world, uh, that fits in that, in that, in that magical world, in the wizarding world of Harry Potter. And I would, I would go nuts. You know what I'm saying? Like I would, I would, I would jump at, uh, you know, I would jump at the chance to do that. Uh, so yeah, so just give us more, like, I'm kind of I'm waiting for that Harry Potter game to be officially announced. Like I want like more out of that Harry Potter game. Um, oh I gosh, think it yeah. fits for comics. Uh, the fact that she hasn't done comic books is ridiculous to me. And uh, and again, an animated animated series. Like where's that at? Where's there a Wizarding World ha- animated series in Hogwarts? Like why aren't we doing this? You know what I'm saying? Like that that building alone houses centuries of history um and stories why aren't we doing it so uh so definitely excited for fantastic beasts but uh kind of just let down with with jk rowling and like her her upkeep of this universe in terms of like giving us more more content because there's definitely more out there yeah this is where this is where the studio should be making more decisions especially based on kind of the things that happened with her uh mm-hmm. i have no idea why there wasn't something for harry potter and hbo max when it launched you know things like that so right. yeah you're right yeah. i mean there's this is a huge sandbox get away from your central story and tell tell more magical stories i guess to put it that way absolutely i i enjoy these movies as well they're not they're not the harry potter movies harry potter no. saga but no. they're fun right. and i like i like the monsters and things like that so it's it is what it is, and I, I'm looking forward to the actually conclusion of it because it seems like it's been going on forever. <laughs> so it it does it does. Let's see. Next up in movie news, we have well, we have the Mario movie. So this is something that I I really have a hard time kind of grasping why it's taken this so long, but at the same time with the history of video game movies, and then finally getting some good ones like Detective Pikachu and Sonic and Monster Hunter. And maybe now they're finally starting to make good, you know, video game adaptations. But, of course, the fan base starts complaining the minute you announce something. So I don't care who plays Mario, if it's Chris Pratt or if it's some unknown guy who played Mario back in the 90s on a goddamn cartoon show. I don't care. I am more excited about the fact that this is coming to theaters finally and it's animated and that Nintendo is letting people play in that sandbox because... Why haven't we gotten a Zelda anything? Why haven't we gotten a Metroid anything? Why is Nintendo so, I don't know, they just keep things so close. It just gets really frustrating. So I'm very happy for this movie. All-star cast. What do you think? I'm excited. I love the cast. I don't mm-hmm. I don't see what the big hubbub is about. You know, like immediately people started to share the, the Super Mario Brothers movie poster from that old movie with John Leguizamo and the guy who played Shmee on Hook. And it's like, okay, so you're looking at a Puerto Rican and an English guy, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, and you're and you're screaming about Italian representation. I don't know what that means. I don't know what what, what you're talking about. Like, I don't know. Like, you understand that Mario was was created by you know Mario Bros. was created by the Japanese, right? Like the Japanese like took a stereotypical Italian plumber, right? If anything, you should be mad at that. Like, be mad at the stereotype. Like, why is the Italian guy the plumber? You know what I'm saying? Like, why does he got to be a plumber? So again, you know, is it less racist than him being a pizza maker? Like, I don't know. Like, he's he's just Italian. And guess what? Cartoon voices 
voice voice work they've been doing it forever yeah. guess what there isn't a real dog voicing scooby doo you know what i'm saying like like <laughs> should we be mad that a dog isn't voicing scooby you know what i'm saying like oh, yes. or that a stoner is is you know uh not voicing shaggy like it is what it is like people will create their voice the funny thing about this is that this movie has been in production in pre-production for almost two years Okay, we're just now finding about out about it. Chris Pratt has been working with a voice and dialect coach for the last year and a half on the voice. They also have the original voice or the guy who's been playing the voice of Mario in the movie um, as a as cameo. We don't know what he's cameo, you know, what his cameo is going to be or what he's doing with it. We don't know what the premise of the movie is. We don't know anything. We don't know anything and leave it to 2021 and it and, and its fan base. Okay to immediately call for this i literally saw a meme like hey you remember when we made the 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 movie studio change what sonic looked like yeah that's what we need to do for this get an italian to voice mario like what are you talking about an aesthetic a look is different than a voice you're not you're you're you're, you're not you know they didn't fire the, the the animators because you guys didn't like the look they went back and said hey animators do this because, you know, let's do this because this is, you know, they might be right. Let's look at it. Let's look at it. And in the end, they decided, they finalized and they say, hey, you know what? You're right. Overall, it does look better. You know what I'm saying? It does look more true to the character. You know, if tomorrow they show us a picture of Mario and and he looks and he's six foot six, you know, 240 pounds in, in a red shirt and overall he looks like the rock, you know, and it's supposed to be Mario. Well, then I can understand you people being upset. That's not Mario. Yeah. But I can I, if I can guarantee one thing about Chris Pratt, besides that he prays on his knees every night before bed. OK, besides that guarantee, he's going to nail the voice of Mario. He's going to bring in his own take and he's going to nail the voice and it's going to be that. And so is everybody else that's on that cast. Everybody else is going to bring the thunder like there is not one talentless person on there. And people talk about, oh, they, they only did it to put butts in seats. That's why they cast people. Yeah. You don't, you know, like the, the, the day of like casting thespians is over. They're looking for the person who's going to lead that vehicle into a hundred million dollar box office. Okay. And the fact that you don't like Chris Pratt or the fact that you think he's not going to make a great voice is exactly why you're going to pay eleven ninety nine to go sit in that theater to find out if your if if your craziness was correct or not, and whether you were right or not wrong, you're probably still going to get online and complain. But regardless. This movie's going to be awesome. I was hoping, I was really crossing my fingers for a Detective Pikachu-style Mario movie where it's live action and animated mixed. Uh, same thing with Sonic. It doesn't look like that's what the case is going to be here. This looks like it's going to be full animation. So I wonder how that's going to work. But again, looking forward to it. Uh, looking forward to Super Mario World at Universal. I mean, talk about a video game and a video game console that shaped my childhood. Nintendo is that. I'm excited. I'm like you. I, I can't believe it's taken this long, but I think it's because of where it comes from and that culture, and the way that they are, and like the way that the you know J the Japanese are in terms of like their properties and the things that they do. You know, I think that they they've kept it close to the heart, not only because video game movies haven't been well made, but because they don't want anybody messing up their thing. But I think we're at a place where 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 there's proven ground. Detective Pikachu was brilliant, and Sonic was so much fun. You know, maybe not as good as Detective Pikachu, just not as well written. 
but just as well executed. You did, and it was it was fun, and yeah, I can't wait for Mario. Exactly, and I hope it continues on this path where we don't have to laugh when somebody says a video game movie. So, right. I'm, I'm very excited because these are these are things that we grew up with, and these are the things that we want to see brought to life on the big screen. Speaking of something we grew up with, though, mm. Flight of the Navigator. Now, mm-hmm. of course, it's a fun thing this, these days to reboot, remake, whatever. But this is exciting because I love Bryce Dallas Howard, and this is you know this is gonna be a reimagining with a female lead, and just this is a, this is a story that's near and dear to everybody's heart if you watched it when you were a kid. Yeah, no, definitely. I was that was the first thing I said. One of my boys was like, "Oh, another remake." And I was like, "Well, if there's anybody to helm this remake, yeah. <laughs> she is she is the right choice. She's 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 a brilliant filmmaker just like her father. Um she knows this industry well. She knows fans very well. You hear her when you hear her talk about Jurassic Park and just the the level of love and respect and admiration that she has for the franchise. Um, I know she's going to bring all that love and care and tenderness and damn well for sure going to bring everything that she learned in the void with Jean Favreau and doing yep. stuff on the Mandalorian to this. Uh, so I'm excited. Yes. Is it, is it one of my childhood untouchables? It is. Is somebody touching it? Yes. But it's somebody who I enjoy and who I love very much touching it. So go ahead, touch it. You do it, do it. Let me, give me, give me your version because I'm there for it. You know, maybe it's like her and her father could have done are the only two people that could have done this movie. <laughs> yes, that's it. In my mind, in my mind, there's only two people and it's her or her father. That's it. And maybe Steven Spielberg, maybe. But again, it's such a Spielberg era movie that having him do it would be weird. So I'm glad that it's somebody, you know, generational, so to speak, uh, for us and a voice that that truly, like I said, if you've heard her speak. In the last few years, just listening to her talk about filmmaking and uh, her respect for for storytelling, I don't think there's anybody better. Like in the co- you know coming up ranks, um, I think you know you know she's 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 up there right now in terms of filmmakers. Exactly, and it's just it's really exciting because when you watch the behind the scenes stuff, as you mentioned for uh, the Mandalorian and the, and the episodes that she directed, and then when you watch those episodes. I just want I just want her to do a Star Wars movie already. I just she deserves it. I mean, it's it's generational uh, with, you know, with Ron's work at Lucasfilm with Willow and then also Solo and, and, and whatnot. So I would love to see that happen because she has such a grasp on storytelling that I didn't really expect from her when she did that first episode. And then the one she did in this, the second season amazing so very excited for this and you know it's 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 something we say all the time on here about reboots and remakes that the old one's always there for you if you want to go back and watch it or if you just want to watch that and ignore the new one that's that you're free to do that but let's let a new generation of fans especially girls see a lead character like this i love it that's exactly what these remakes and reboots should be doing is recasting with with stars of you know of different genders, different colors, whatever. This is a new world and new storytelling needs to happen. Yep. Go back and watch your 80s if you need to. That's it. Uh, we're going to jump to commercial and then we'll come back with the rest of the show. DFAT Comics is the publishing branch of Don'tForgetATowel.com, the only place to travel geekly. Focusing on creator owned and independent titles like Hollowed, Pursuit of Plastic, and Fairy, and many more. 
DFAT Comics will be a mix of genres appealing to every kind of reader. Join the new source of comic book entertainment with DFAT Comics. Do you miss hanging out at bars with a friend? Cream, cream ale. Do you miss those two friends of yours that would always end up drinking too much, leading to discussions about political philosophy? If so, then we have a podcast for you. When they nuked the Capitol, you know, that was bad. I'm Aaron. And I'm Jake. Join us at the tavern for a pint, a few laughs, and some nonsensical discussions. I will say neither of us are constitutional lawyers. <laughs> a political podcast for the unencumbered political mind. Search for the Bull and Moose Tavern on your favorite podcast streaming service today. He managed to make Trump look good on something. It's like- bad. We are back after the commercials, so let's talk about gaming. With Nintendo and the Switch, you mentioned you want to get a Switch still. The nice thing about Nintendo since, I think, the Wii was that they they have their virtual arcade or whatever they want to call it, virtual console. So on the Switch right now, it's been classic NES and classic Super Nintendo. But back in the day with the Wii, it went all the way up to like N64 and all that was included. Now, coming this October, N64 games and some Sega games are being added to the console. But they're talking about a price increase for the yearly subscription to the Nintendo Online. So it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, do I want to play some of these games? Yes. Have I played them already? Yes. So should they be charging more in this regard? I don't know. I mean, you've been giving it away for free for years, and now you need to make extra money. Uh, I'm not I'm not really game for that. <laughs> literally speaking. Yeah, that, that doesn't that doesn't seem literally speaking. Um that doesn't seem fair. But it but again, again uh, access to you know, a playable library. I don't know. I'm not paying for it now. So maybe by the time I get it and the price increase happens, you know, if it happens, uh, it won't be different to me. Right. Uh, but for those who have been there from, from the beginning, it might be, it might be something that, that turns them off. But, um, I don't know, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm really a fan of convenience. Right. So, uh, for me, like, do I want to play all these old games? No, I may not play all of them, but there are some that I would probably spend an afternoon or a couple hours burning through if I didn't have anything to do. Um, you know, just the other day before my roommate moved out, he threw on Super Mario 3 and like the whole house was like taking turns on levels and trying to like match up the star and the mushroom and all of that stuff. And it just it just brought back really great memories. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, so so for me, it's. I would love to play those games. Uh, I saw a commer- uh, uh, an article where they said they were going to bring back uh, the Aladdin, the Disney games. So I was like, you know, I shared it and I was like, I just want to feel the anxiety of riding through that lava level on the magic carpet one more time, you know? Because I think, you know, like we're like, our generation is like, man, where did all these anxieties come from? Uh, hello, did you play Aladdin? Did you play the Lion King? Did you play the first Ninja Turtles? That's it. That is where anxiety is derives from that that was our introduction to anxiety 101 um <laughs> so i you know it would it would be cool to go back and just feel like that 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 kind of anxiety not the not the dread that that, that comes with adulthood now um but right. <laughs> um but yeah no i mean i don't know I, it is what it is you, you gotta the the old adage is pay to play right you know as long as it's if it's if it's convenient for you, some people might say, "Hey, that thirty dollar price tag on Disney Access is too much. I'd rather not. I'd rather go to the movies." Well, you actually spend just about as much, if not more, if you go to the movie, and you'd be spending 
just about as much if you're looking, you know, unless you're a computer whiz, which I am not, um, you know, downloading emulators and, and playing the game on your PC. Well, no, here it is. It's in your hands. It's on your TV. It's simple to access. You don't have to go through anything. You might not download some weird file that corrupts your your computer. You know what I'm saying? It's all there for you. So what are you willing to pay for? It? You know what I'm saying is the question. So it comes down to that. But yeah, I mean, if they if they got the old Disney games on there and a couple old Sega games, I'm not going to go through my, my catalog here. But uh, by the time I get my Switch, yeah, I'd probably be paying pay, paying that subscription for it. Just because, again, like I said, you know, you got a three hour flight. Why not? Why not play some Mario? You know what I'm saying? Or pay, play some Aladdin, you know, take you back to your childhood. No, exactly. And that's and that's really where it's at. I mean, it's twenty dollars a year right now, which is, you know, much more affordable uh, than a lot of other services. Plus, I mean, if they had what is maybe five bucks, you know, I could You're save right. it at most of that. Twenty five um, bucks a year to be able to access all those games. Yeah, sure. Why not? I'll do it. Right. Especially when they're when they're Nintendo and Nintendo doesn't play nice in that regard anyways. They right. keep everything expensive right. and, and close to, you know, close to home and can't blame them. Next up is interesting. Now. I put in this. I put in the notes about this Kate game. It's based on the new, um, the new game with Mary Elizabeth Winstead, right? And I need to watch that still. But they're making a game based on that for PC. But I wanted to bring up something about Netflix because Netflix is is really moving into the gaming era right now, and they've started already kind of doing that in in Europe, uh, with with some some testing and stuff with that. But they are adding a gaming segment to the to the streaming service at no additional price eventually here. And we're talking not so much of what like Google and Stadia did where they try to compete with the big consoles, but more like going off the success of Apple Arcade and streaming these more fun games and games that everybody can kind of access. And they don't <clears throat> they're not graphic heavy. You're not trying to reinvent the wheel uh, or trying to, you know, play AAA games where the technology is not present. So I, I feel like these companies watched what Google did, watched what Apple did. And now it's like, what can we really do, especially since Netflix has a ton of IP now, and a ton of other things that they're licensing, that this is the time. Like You could draw mm -hmm. so many more people and give us that multimedia experience that you were talking about at the beginning of the show, where you have a right. video game and a show and all this stuff. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what comes out because I think Netflix is a little bit expensive. You get a great amount of content, but if they add gaming to it at no additional price, there you go. Yeah, no, and I've been excited about this for 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 a while. They've been talking about streaming games for for a few years now. Um, it's always been been a rumor, and like, oh, they're going to mention it at their you know their next investor meeting, so on and so forth. But now we're starting to see them start to develop these properties outside of of some of the stuff that they of their original content. Again, a Stranger Things video game is a no brainer. Like, there's a lot of world there. There's a lot of you know you could easily do a turn and burn RPG game out of Stranger Things quite easily, you know what I'm saying? Uh, or a very like, uh, like you know, what do you do next? You know, kind of text-based, minimal graphics, uh, maybe some fun cutaway scenes, things like that, where people can play and uh, spend a couple hours and move on, just like they do when they sit down and watch a show that you just released. So I think that that there's there's a there's a lot of opportunity there. And again, it, it, we're, we're moving faster and faster towards that, 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 that kind of world where the console is going to be for, like you said, these AAA games, like these big, heavy graphic games, but everything else is going to be on a streaming service. 100%. It's really exciting to see what's going to happen with all of that and also kind of just how that grows out. I mean, they've they had Stranger Things games that they put the mobile, so they were smart about always marketing that because it was so popular. 
-hmm. but it's like you're also paying other people to put your work out you know so if you can do it yourself why not why not that's that kind of brings us to the next thing in the final video game news but hasbro opens up a brand new AAA game division um and so they're uh wizards of the coast division which is you know um magic and and D usually they're responsible for opening up this new game studio and their first game that they're begin, going to be doing is a gi joe game not like the one that came out recently that was not good but more of an open world like triple a adventure that we all deserve and that won't stop yeah. there because they have so much so many different like licenses that i just it's really exciting and not just mention the game like the board games alone you know so this is again another big corporation jumping into or expanding you know their their product and hey i i can't complain you know if we get like a gi joe versus transformers game or something <laughs> so, or a mask game all of that or a mask game yeah no i mean i would say you know any 80s cartoon you know what i'm saying that that you can that you can give us um that you have uh, control over and you can put into a video game okay let's do it i'm down absolutely but speaking of toys ruben what time is it it is the pursuit of plastic time toy enthusiasts and action figure hunters out there this is the pursuit of plastic and so we're gonna we're gonna open this of course with star wars because star wars has been the collectible of nerds since george lucas basically i guess invented merchandising <laughs> right put it that way yeah <laughs> so this week you shared uh this link in our in our star wars star warriors group about the droids figures that they just mm-hmm. released um they did sell out uh, that day that they went up on Target. They were exclusive, but you could probably find them in stores uh, in a month or so, hopefully. So, and I'm always also hoping that my pre-orders go through. But they um, yeah. they went all out on this one because what I've noticed with some of these 50th anniversary figures, I've been trying to get a bunch of them. It's either a rehash right. or whatnot. These are completely original, and mm-hmm. it's original great. Mode. It's amazing. So it's the Boba Fett uh, Black Series six-inch figure, and then Boba Fett and the two droids at the three point seven five-inch TVC scale. Um, what do you think about this? You did you did you watch droids growing up? Um, I did. I did. No, I'm, and I'm and I'm excited for it. Again, it's like it's these obscure, you know, corner characters. Blink and you'll miss them. You know, or very obscure TV shows that maybe somebody didn't watch. You know, that they were an overall fan, but like droids, like you know, it's very rare that you find another Star Wars fan that that watched droids. So again, it's one of those things where um, it just brings a smile on my face to to like people are like my boy Roger was like you're you're still not done with pops, and I'm like. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think I am. And, uh, you know, I, and every time they do something like this, uh, I can't help but to want to run out and get them because they just they're just great. You know, and they're like these little pieces of just like, you know, fandom that like, again, people be like, oh, where's that from? I don't remember them from the movie. And it's like, no, it's actually from this TV show, you know, cartoon, whatever, blah, blah. You know, people be like, oh, I didn't even know about that. You know, so it's again, it's it's just. It's just great as fans that we get all this really cool stuff. And there's been a lot of love for Legends as well with this whole initiative. Mm-hmm. And I love that because it really it really does make all Star Wars fans appreciate what is happening and that Disney is embracing that finally 
and and going back and and giving some fan service. So I will be trying to find that smaller Boba Fett in stores, hopefully. But I'm happy with what I got because I've been loving. Like you said, it's like I I pick and choose, and it's mostly these exclusives now uh, because mm-hmm. everything else is mass produced, and it's like well, where do you stop? You can just keep buying figures because they just here here's another wave, here's another wave. But this yeah. kind of stuff is extra special, and I have no problem spending it along with the next one um because we finally got a george lucas figure uh in Mm -hmm. in the black series uh he is actually in stormtrooper disguise it comes with a helmet so you can put him with you know he can be an army builder or he can be the maker i will be putting him with my um james cameron figure from aliens that they did uh (laughs) too long ago we'll have like director squad you know so right So that um that figure is available right now on the fan channels, also on HasbroPulse.com. Next up, Super Seven. This I love Super Seven. They've been doing these figures from our childhood, uh, including you know Ninja Turtles. These Ninja Turtles are based on the old figures, um, so they're mm-hmm. basically replicas and just brought up to be modernized. Uh, they announced Wave Six and. The nice thing about this versus, say, NECA is that you can actually get your hands on these because they have a pre-order month uh, where right. they, they make them to, you know, make them to order and you don't have to go out and fight scalpers and all this stuff. So depending right. on what your, you know, your comfort in collecting is, I feel like this is the best because these do really harken back to uh, the figures of old. Oh, yeah. So this wave is oh, yeah. um, Ace Duck, who I remember clearly. I love that character. Right um mike the sewer surfer we're getting some you know spin-off ninja turtle characters we i think the last wave was like samurai leo which was cool right uh we got scratch and also slash oh and a mouser pack wow very cool yeah <laughs> mouser pack. the mouser pack is awesome comes these, with the little turtles these are great yeah, i mean they're great yeah these are great these are great i mean 275 for the whole for the whole wave is is actually, I think, a steal. To be honest with you, it's I'm, it's and, tough. They did raise their prices in order for you to be able to get the individual individual figures because before you had to buy all the wave, and so now it's maybe like ten bucks more, and you can pick and choose. And I'm right. okay with that because, like, I got Casey Jones, you know, instead of having to buy a bunch of other ones, and, right? And my favorites. Also, the nice thing is what how they pay attention to the details of the old figures. Like the shredder has like the weird eyebrows actually painted into his helmet and stuff. They do it on purpose to match the old uh, vintage figures. Next up, we've all been waiting for these these Thundercats uh, ultimates to arrive. But with all the shipping issues, uh, you know, coming from China and and across the Pacific, getting caught up in port. uh, Some have arrived, some have not, including Chitara, uh, Chitara from Thundercats. They actually sent her back because they weren't happy with the final product. And I'm always a fan of that. Who cares? <laughs> so, yeah, if you're going to make just, it good, I paid for it. It's coming. You're going to make it good. Make it good. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that to me is the most important thing. Exactly. This hit this week, 2001 A Space Odyssey. They're making yeah. ultimate figures from this. And I was just kind of taken back because it's such a cult film to begin with. And they made ultimates, not like reaction figures or any, you know, a little bit cheaper. They pulled out a full wave of. <laughs> Like the astronauts in their weird, their weird suits, 
And also the ape with that cool, the black monolith, which I'll probably get that figure uh, just because I like right. the movie. But I was really kind of taken back because uh, I don't, 2001 is not an easy movie to watch. Uh, if you're a Kubrick fan, if you like slow paced movies, things like that. Um, yeah, but these days, I don't, what do you think about this? Do you, do you think that's really a movie that people get into as much these days? Like action I know, figure like wise? Hard. I know like hard yeah I don't know like I know cinephiles you know what I'm saying like we'll always we'll, we'll always you know champion Kubrick and 2001 and and yeah there was a you know there's a there's a lot of great filmmaking techniques in there and you know he he's definitely a pioneer um in terms of just some of like you know the Kubrick stare and 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 stuff that that he does in his movies that have been you know copied and 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 evolved into different things uh but I was I've never been you know clockwork orange for me all his movies are kind of hard to watch you mm -hmm. know what i'm saying like they're just rough movies um but i don't know if anybody's like like burning rubber to go get 2001 space odyssey figures i mean there might be some diehard fans out there and you know again cool um but i i i don't know anybody like i don't know anybody's spending 270 or 55 dollars on that you know what i'm saying like I don't know, but they are cool looking. I'm looking at them now and they look pretty fresh. Um, but again, just a movie that's like really out there and very niche, so to speak. I think they would have had like a better time probably setting like Among Us characters. But that's what these guys look like anyway. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was red. Red is sus. Red yeah. is super sus. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, like I mentioned, oh. these are made to order. So, yeah, it could be it's it's much better than, say, making a million pieces and then ex and expecting them to sell. And then they don't and you lose all this money. So maybe there's enough people to get a good order in. So we'll see if there's yeah. a wave two. That's that's kind of I guess we'll see the telltale. That, that's, uh, the, that, that's the heat check right there. They so. do another wave. I don't know. I think they've done the wave. Like I think that's it. Like if I if I remember this movie, this yes, is it, right? Here. It's, it. the, it's the spaceship, the four guys, and the monkey. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. That's a really good point. That's a really good point, Ruben. I think you just wave, solved that mystery. Wave two is just going to be Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> yeah, and Hale, <laughs> like a just a computer. Neca. So they um, they're doing Ward Duke and Grimm's Ward figures, uh, both classic characters from D&D back in the 80s. But this was kind of surprising because I know that Hasbro, they they released a Drist figure uh, as a special Hasbro Pulse exclusive, kind of as a, like a, a test to see if it was going to be popular enough to make more figures from D&D and whatnot. But then these got released by NECA. NECA does, you know, more niche stuff and 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 small releases and stuff. Right. But so I don't mind it as much. But I was kind of confused because it is a different scale. So I can't really put them together. Uh not as familiar with these characters, but they look great as usual. Right. The uh also Elf. You remember Elf? Did you watch Elf growing up? Yeah. Yeah. No, I this, mean talk about staples. <laughs> this is definitely a figure I would I would go get. You know, not so much two thousand and one Space Odyssey, but Alf, like come on man. Like this is definitely and and NECA does a really good job. I like their toys. Um, every time I go to Target, I always go to the NECA aisle and check out their stuff and see what's there. Uh, and this Alf figure is is definitely uh, not an exception. Like this thing is really well made. It looks really great. 
No, absolutely. I'll be getting that and and hiding all my cats from it. Right. So not that I have any cats, but uh, also in NECA news with October coming, they've promised what's called Monster Madness 31 Days of Reveals. Interesting. This is this seems extremely uh, aggressive, and I'm yeah. really excited to see what this means uh, because people have been hinting at it. Does it really mean they're going to preview a new toy every day? We will see uh, starting tomorrow. That should be interesting. Are they like just traditional monsters or are we going with like the film and screen or? They they do it all. So they the, the more recent monster line that they've been doing is Universal Monsters. Right. And so we've gotten a few. I, my, my Frankenstein's in, in the mail right now coming to me. And there's a Wolfman and the Mummy still. So there's more to announce from that, which I'm sure we'll get. But they've been doing horror icons since... I mean, it was McFarlane, and then it was NECA. And NECA carried through all those years after McFarlane, I think, stopped doing their monsters. Um, but NECA has always held strong and have done it from screen to TV, slashers, yeah. classic monsters, all of it. So I'm really excited to see what this means. And, you know, Halloween's a great month anyhow. So Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Um, next up, this usually falls under crowd sorcery, but I wanted to bring this up under Pursuit of Plastic. There's a new Kickstarter coming from uh, Sharmus Prime and other talented action figure makers on uh, Instagram. So if you're an Instagram guy and you follow these personalities, uh, you'll see some of this stuff coming out. And more and more people are doing Kickstarters based on figures because of 3D printing or they have a really good deal with some. They find a deal with somebody in China. But starting October 7th, it's called Street Humans. I believe there's four of them. Price per figure is $34.99. I'll leave a link in here. It's really neat because... I it's it's just like these these street these street dudes who can turn into different animal monsters. They have different heads, different accessories, and I don't think thirty five dollars is a really bad price point uh, these days. That's pretty cool. Absolutely, and this is coming from people who are who have come up in the industry through just photography and reporting. So these are fans of the industry, and I'm really excited to see what they're capable of uh, in terms of this and more. Right. And then uh, last up, MezcoCon starts tomorrow, October 1st. It runs to the 3rd. Uh, Mesco has all of the events that are going on. You can go online, play some games, enter to win figures, get ready for some new reveals. Uh, it's it's a wonderful time of year because this kind of coincides with uh, New York Comic Con coming up. You're going to that show. I'm I, sure you're excited to be getting back to the convention like that. Oh, man. So excited. So look so. forward to that. I'm sure they're going to be around uh around that show they usually are i'll be looking man i'm gonna do as much walking around as much as possible because i'm not really tied to uh to a booth this year um i mean i'm there to you know hang out and and uh and get to know the the team over at behemoth uh but i'll definitely be able to enjoy the con as a fan i think uh, more so than any other year that i've been there so i'm really looking forward to that um and just being in new york again after all of this craziness is going to be is, is going to be awesome so um i'm, pr I'm probably going to come home with a lot of stuff and a very angry wife but it's okay time time will heal i'm very excited for you to go to new york i i miss new york city so much uh, sometimes i want to weep but someday i'll get back there and, and get back to the big apple and hopefully go back to new york comic-con as well yeah. so so that's that's it man great show why don't you uh plug and fairy one more time and anything else you want to talk about 
Yeah. Uh, okay. So again, in Ferry, it's got nine days to go. Um, it is a globe-trotting monster hunter epic of an adventure uh, written by me and Casey Bowker. Um, like I said, it's nine days to go. It's fully funded. Um, let's push that funding goal so that we can announce some cool stretch goals. And uh, other than that, you can catch me on Twitter at Ruben the Writer or on Instagram at Ruben the Writer. Uh, got a lot of fun projects. The Illusion Witch Book Three uh, Kickstarter is coming in November, so I'm going to start previewing some stuff there. And uh, and yeah, uh, just keep on creating, keep on collecting, and keep on geeking out. Awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to get my hands on that foil cover. I'm really pumped for for the '90s to come visiting and knocking at my door again. So. Awesome. Awesome job, guys. Very proud of you. Uh, also, everybody out there, check out the rest of the Defan Entertainment Network. A lot of great shows on there, a genre for everyone. So not just geek news. If you're not into what we're talking about here, go go listen about movies, go listen about politics, whatever you want. There's 10 great shows on there. DefanEntertainment.com. So Ruben, it's been it's been a blast as usual. I love geeking out with you. And, you know, again, congratulations on getting a ferry funded fully funded but still nine days to go so guys keep throwing money at the project only more great things can come from it that's right and thank you for having me bro i appreciate it got it man and this is chris saying don't forget a towel